This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Finding Your Bliss with host Judy Liebrach. Heard every Saturday at 1 p.m. on Zoomer Radio. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Finding Your Bliss, the show that helps you find and follow your bliss. I'm Judy Liebrack, and this is our first show of 2022 with all brand new content and so many wonderful guests coming your way. So happy and healthy new year to everyone. Today, I'm delighted to welcome award-winning journalist, humorist, author, and filmmaker Josh Freed to the program. And we're going to hear all about his fabulous new book, Postcards from Pandemica, Our Crazy COVID Years. Also later on, on the show, we're going to have singer Jules back on the program singing an original song for us live air. And as well, we're going to meet Shelly Koskinen, who began as an intern, is now an associate producer and has a fascinating story about overcoming COVID and finding her bliss. And we're going to do a mini coaching session with her and lots more. But first, let me tell you a little bit more about Josh Freed. Josh Freed, who's based in Montreal, has written a popular syndicated weekend humor column on page two of the Montreal Gazette for over 25 years. He has won the Stephen Leacock Medal for Humor and twice been named Canada's best columnist with a National Newspaper Award. Josh is also the author of several humorous books, including The Anglo Guide to Survival in Quebec, co-author Fear of Frying, Press One and Pray, and... Viva le Québec Freed. Also, Moonwebs, which went on to become the United Artist Classics film, Ticket to Heaven. He is here today to talk about his latest book, and I have it right here. It's fabulous. It's called Postcards from Pandemica, Our Crazy COVID Years. As well, Josh has starred in the Montreal hit show, The Four Anglos, Surviving the COVID Apocalypse, along with celebrated Gazette cartoonist Terry Mosher and singer-songwriters, Bowser and Blue. For those who haven't seen it yet, the next run is at Westmount's prestigious Victoria Hall in Montreal. Love that place. An earlier show by the same team, the four Anglos of the Apocalypse, played for over 40 sellout nights at the Centaur Theatre, Montreal's largest English-speaking theatre. And if we're lucky, the show will be coming to Toronto very soon. Josh has also made over 25 one-hour documentary films for the CBC, which have won both Geminis and Genies, as well as two prestigious U.S. Chris Awards, and the World Medal for Investigative Reporting from the New York International Television Festival. His films have been seen on PBS, A&E, Bravo, and Disney Channel in the U.S., Channel 4 in the U.K., and in over 50 other countries. His latest doc, In Your Face, will premiere on CBC's The Nature of Things on January 2022. Josh was also an on-camera journalist and a director at CBC's The Journal, where he made over 50 half-hour humorous television documentaries. In 2020, Josh was awarded Quebec's Victor Goldblum Award for community service, largely for making Montrealers laugh. I can tell you that he's not only made Montrealers laugh, but he has made this former Montrealer, and now Torontonian, laugh out loud many, many times upon reading his hilarious and very relatable book, Postcards from Pandemica. Josh Freed, welcome to Finding Your Bliss. Uh, Hi, thanks, Judy. It's nice to be here. 
first of all, congratulations on this wonderful book, Postcards from Pandemica. It's so funny. It made me feel like I was inside a Seinfeld episode. And it was somehow comforting at the same time to read all about the stages and the shared experiences that we've all gone through together. How did your inadvertent COVID diary come to be? Well, you know, when I first wrote my first column for the Gazette back in March of 2020, honestly, on COVID, I thought it would be like I write one or two columns like the Millennium Bug or, you know, Killer Bees or something. I had no idea. I was going to write a column on COVID every, pretty much every week for 80 weeks. But it was all anybody wanted to read. And the more I wrote about it, it with a sense of humor, the more I just, I just got thousands and thousands of letters from people saying, keep writing it. So I kept writing about COVID and as a year and a half went on, I looked back on it, I realized sort of it was my diary. It was everybody's diary, if you want to be honest. It was, we had moved through so many moods, you know, you know, we were scared to wear masks, then we had to wear masks, you know, then we, we were, they were mandatory. Then we, you know, we, we were terrified to touch things, then we were not terrified to touch things, we were terrified to breathe things. And it just changed week by week by week. And I looked back and I realized it was just, it was a way to relive your pandemic if you wanted to with a smile instead of a shiver. It was meant to make you, Relive your anxieties if you want. And it's meant to be. It was meant to be. I guess it was meant to be a humorous diary of COVID because so many other journalists were doing serious ones, and my job was kind of to express the anxiety of all of us. And it turned out to be actually the anxieties of the world. I would say. It's so interesting. You just struck the perfect tone, like you found the perfect tone. And and any great comic or comedic writer knows what that is. And it's got to be the right tone to make it work. And you certainly found it. And I know you addressed this in interviews. And one of your concerns initially was you were nervous to attempt any kind of humor during COVID. But as you saw, thousands and thousands of emails later, people were hungry for the lighter side. And for it's almost like you were giving them therapy through the humor. Can you tell us more about that, like what people were craving and what you were offering through the humor. Well, the, first time I, the first time I wrote a column, Judy, honestly, I was terrified that I was going to be I was going to be hung for trying to use humor in COVID back in March of 2020. And because that pushed me further back, like five pages back, because I think they were nervous. I hadn't been five pages back in years. And I was relieved. <laughs> anyway, letters started to pour in, just pour in saying, oh, God, I'm here in my house alone. You're living. I'm living what you're describing. I'm like everybody was feeling the same thing. We were like terrified to to pick up Tuesday's newspaper until Friday when it was too late to read, right? You had to quarantine the newspaper. You had to quarantine your mail, right? You were all terrified to touch an elevator button. Everybody was using their elbow to enter an elevator, you know? So I had a letter from, I had letters from all over the world. And I remember this woman from Warsaw saying, yes, we also closed the elevator with our elbows. Everything you're writing is here in Warsaw, you know? So I began to feel very quickly that there was a, there were, there were hundreds of thousands of people out there who were alone and a lot of them were living in their house. They had no idea how other people felt and to have their anxieties expressed, which were both serious, but also crazy. We were all nuts. We'd become germaphobes, right, Judy? We yes. were, and so I think the column became therapy for people. People really wrote and said, I sit here miserable all week. You make me laugh at my situation <laughs> on Saturday. And it, and it's, I felt like I had become a psychologist, but it was also psychology for me because I got to get it off my chest. And, you know, and in a, in a way I shared and people wrote about their anxieties to me. I, you know, I would get, I'd get 500 letters every week. I had to read them. They were their stories and I would tell their stories. And so we became a collective make each other smile in the middle of tragedy club. And I Isn't think that when wonderful? tragedy is happening, people want to smile. 
People want to smell. And also, it's nice to have it chronicled because we want to remember what this was and especially the good parts and the funny parts and the silver linings of which of which there's many. I also love the way you broke the book down into five sections, the first being Planet of the Germs to the final section, the shot that changed the world. Well, there's so much that's relatable. I particularly loved your section when you talked about learning hymns at Montreal's Protestant School Board and you wrote, and I quote, I admit the spirit of Christmas isn't a big deal in our household, though people did their best to imbue it in me. I went to school in Montreal's Protestant school board where I had to learn all the Christmas hymns by heart. I still find myself singing them during the holiday season. I often croon Silent Night away in a major or hark the herald angels sing, but especially angels we have heard on high around Christmas I can be heard belting out its soaring chorus in the shower Gloria in excelsis Deo correct me if I'm doing it but I just I just love like there's stuff that is so relatable and sitting on Santa's knee and I can picture that going to sit on Santa's knee at, at, at Eaton's and and then of course how you spent Christmas uh, always at a Chinese food restaurant and a movie and then during COVID ordering Chinese takeout food and watching It's a Wonderful Life. What is your sense, Josh, about all of the missed milestone birthday celebrations, the Christmases, the Hanukkahs, the weddings, graduations. Will we ever catch up and get back to normal? Or do you think the way we celebrate will be altered forever? Well, first question, I think what a, a, a tangent on that question is that time really worked during COVID, right? Because we usually, we mark time by birthdays, by anniversaries, by parties, by special events. We didn't have any. Right, so time seemed to just become fuzzy, and I, I have no idea what I did my, on my birthday six months ago, because I'm sure I ate in my kitchen alone with my wife, like I did every other day for the last 365 <laughs> days up until that yeah. point. Right? So it just kind of vanished. I, I just wonder, I sometimes think we should take the two years out of the calendar and just go from 2019 to 21. So you won't have to say, when somebody says, what did you do for Christmas in 2020? You won't have to say, I don't know. You'll say, oh, I had a great Christmas in 2019. You know, like it's, it's just a vaporous, the line I always use is like, in COVID, every day was Blur's Day. I love that. Who knew what day it was? We also can be two years younger if we look at it that way. That would be fantastic. I love that. Can you tell us also, it, it, I mean, this this has so, so it really has legs, this whole uh, book. And and it, what's interesting is you've also done a wonderful theatrical show, which is linked to the book called The Four Anglos Surviving the Cove Apocalypse, in which you, you start along with cartoonist Terry Mosher and singers Bowser and Blue. And I think you narrate the whole thing from your book. Can you tell us more about that? Because it sounds great. And I hope that it's coming to Toronto. Yeah, me too. We, we, we worked on it really almost for the better part of a year. Look, face it. There wasn't a lot to do during COVID, okay? I wrote my weekly column, and other than that, couldn't go anywhere, couldn't travel, couldn't do anything. So people have to fill their time. Some people, you know, reorganized their drug cabinet from Ativan to Xanax. <laughs> other people other people did, you know, their photographs, including from, you know, the 500 photos from, from their womb picture to their, you know, to today. And I wrote. I just wrote. And one of the things I wrote, I started to work with Terry Mosher, who had, Terry got the rights to the world's, to 38 of the world's top cartoonists from other countries, Iran. Lebanon, Israel, Russia, China, England, you name it. So he decided, we decided we'd do a show which I would talk, and while I talked, Terry would put up these wonderful cartoons from around the world, 
And then Bowser and Blue would sing songs, and they, they were unemployed for two years because they're singer-songwriters. Stages were closed. Their first song in the, in the whole show was called No Gigs because this was their first gig in two years, right? right? So while they sing, he puts up more cartoons, and then Terry talks and shows cartoons. And so I, I'm sure we're the only, what would you call it, we're the only cartoonist, <laughs> songwriter, you know, animated comedy on earth, I think, at this point. It's unique in that regard as no other, okay? But it's a lot of fun. And we've, we've had like, you know, two, three hundred people a night coming here in Montreal and just going wild. And they're going wild because they're reliving everything they went through during COVID. You know, I tell the story of COVID from day one to the end, and it's right out of the book. I mean, really, I've just pulled the book into a more oral fashion and I've told the story of COVID. And there's Terry throwing these cartoons behind us and Bowser was singing and the crowd starts cheering and applauding, partly because some of them have, haven't been out of the house in two years. They're coming out for the first time. You know, they've kind of peeked into this room of 200 people. They said, oh my God, it's terrifying. <laughs> and halfway through, they're laughing. So the show has really been, more than anything, therapy for everybody. And, and, and it's wonderful to hear people laugh in the room and cry. Some of them cry. There's some, some quite inspirational cartoons by Terry about healthcare workers wow. and some songs. And it's just, it's a, it's a big love in, it's infectious laughter instead of infection. Okay. I can't put it another way. It's just what it is. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> That's so fabulous. I was going to say is that again, that comedy is dealing with the unpleasant in a palpable way and you've completely achieved that. And mm-hmm. it, it's just, it's so fantastic. How do we cope with COVID now that we all have PTCSD, post-traumatic COVID stress disorder, as you coined it? Will we ever find the courage again to press the elevator button with our finger, not our elbow? Well, I think more and more of us are trying it in a little delicate touch. I think everybody's got (laughs) some leftover anxiety. I I always say, like, whenever you're anxiety, I think people have to get out soon. I think you can't hide forever. COVID's clearly going to be with us in some way or other for quite a while. And as one woman in her 80s wrote to me just last week, she said, I haven't been out in two years. I'm going to go out this week. If not now, when? Love and that. I thought that moved me, you know. Uh, so I think you have to find the courage to do what you can do a little bit. And take. I say, I always say to people, take baby steps. You know, if you haven't been in an elevator in two years and you see somebody in the elevator, you know, day one. <laughs> one floor at a time. <laughs> you know, floor one, day two, you know, floor two. And, you know, if you live in a high rise by the 47th day, you'll be on the roof. You know? <laughs> That's fabulous. You write that Martin Luther King Jr. wrote his famous Birmingham letter in jail and won the Nobel Peace Prize the following year. Nelson Mandela served 27 years and didn't have a phone, let alone internet. Miguel de Cervantes started writing Tom Quixote in jail. Maybe you can achieve something too, but it's best to start with a small, manageable achievement, like arranging your spice rack alphabetically. I love that line. It's so true that many of the greatest works arose out of great artists and writers like William Shakespeare, who evidently wrote King Lear during a pandemic. Did you hear that people really took this opportunity and all this time alone to be more creative, to write that great Canadian novel or learn how to play the piano or or learn Italian or learn how to sing? I can't say everybody learned to play the piano, but everybody tried. Many people either tried to play the piano or tried to learn Mandarin. Everybody became bakers, okay? Like there was yes, more, yeah. I think everybody tried to do something. Not everybody, but most people tried. Some people became reorganization freaks. Some people decided to master a difficult instrument. Some people learned a language. It, if it just, if it filled, you had to fill your time. I wrote. I just wrote obsessively because that's what I do. I'm, I write. So I just wrote. I wrote the book. I wrote the play. I wrote the column. I wrote other <laughs> stuff. I just, I wrote a movie. I mean, whatever. You have to find something <laughs> to fill your time, you know, just otherwise you would go crazy. Absolutely. And, you know, and a lot of people did go crazy. You know, a lot of people sitting in their homes were, I think, you know, my, my mother-in-law, who's 
92 now, she was locked into a very tiny senior citizen's home residence for three months. Where she just All she could do was do laps in her room. She couldn't come out. And she was a Holocaust survivor, or she is. It was a very, very difficult time for her, you know, and I, yes. she really, the people, we, the family would come and wave at her up at her window and we'd all shout at her over, the, and that's the kind of thing people were doing for each other. It was a, I think it was great support systems and fam- I mean, it was a funny team, like affection, you know, what we usually consider affection now caused the infection, right? So it turned the world upside down. So to, if you, if you loved somebody, the thing you were supposed to do was stay away from them. That's right. If you went to visit them, you were selfish. You were going to hurt them, right? That's so, so counterintuitive. Family. It's so counterintuitive. You want to be with them, but if you love them, you're staying away from them. The You also talk about the ancient art of the phone call. The old-fashioned telephone, Alexander Graham Bell, became a thing again because kids, all kids and teens do is text and, and, and communicate literally digitally digitally and and all of a sudden people were discovering the art of the telephone yeah well you know what they were discovering is the human voice you couldn't Mm -hmm. see people you couldn't necessarily see your relatives or your best friends text is a quick way to send a message what you wanted to hear was the voice of your mother who you couldn't see so everybody like my son suddenly would walk to work every day and phone me or phone his mother we would phone us and talk and hearing his voice and me hearing his voice we never turned the picture on so i just wanted to hear his voice he didn't, he didn't use the phone at all before that. Hmm. So, you know, or very much. His friends are not big phone people. They're just 26 years old uh, yesterday. Anyway, that's, I think, Happy all of Happy birthday. It, Happy birthday. <laughs> on the phone, a kind of comfort. There's something about the yeah. phone that is both the voice is intimate. You, you're, you're, you express your feelings, I think, in a very honest way. A text is terse. Texts are efficient. We didn't yeah. need efficient. We needed emotional. We needed human. Exactly. We, needed, we needed love. Yeah. And oddly enough, the telephone, a very old-fashioned instrument, turned out to be a pretty good carrier of human affection and love, which I think, Alexander, we can thank Alexander Green. <laughs> thank you, Alex. <laughs> thank you, Alex. It's also interesting, we realize, and you, I know you touched on this, is we, we had too much. We used to go to restaurants, running, running restaurants and movies and plays and bars, and, and we realize we don't need as much. It's so interesting. In our family in Toronto, we would have Friday night dinners with 25 people, and suddenly we could only be the five or the six of us, and it was very meaningful and intimate. We got to actually talk and everybody got to speak and, and, and it was kind of wonderful. And my kids actually came to me individually and said, you know what, mom, when this pandemic is over, do we have to go back to those 25 person? And don't get me wrong. We love our extended family, but just to have that time alone as an immediate family was so wonderful. So I think it also changes your perspective about what really matters. And we realize we don't need all the frippery. We don't need as much as we thought we did. No, I think COVID was a really a real learning experience for everybody. I mean, it was that you know you found out you didn't need to consume as much. I mean, I I spent less money in last year than I spent since I was twenty five and had something called ChargeX card in my pocket. <laughs> you know? I didn't, you know, we, we discovered we didn't actually have to you know living a normal life. You know, should I go to movies? Should I go to a play? Should I go to an opera? What shall I do tonight? You didn't have to think about that because you knew what you were going to do. You're going to sit in the living room and stare at Netflix again because that's what. Eight billion people on the planet were doing watching the same twenty shows. You can you can watch Tiger King, or you can watch The Crown. Take your choice. You know, <laughs> you were all doing the same thing. So I think less choice in a weird way, it's liberating. And I think for a lot of I'm a real extrovert. I like to run around, and it forced me to sit still. Mm-hmm. And you know, I learned that I can I can do less. I can spend less. Uh, it's I think I think it was a dramatic a dramatic perspective for all of us, and I, I think all of us will be changed a little bit by it or a lot. Introverts actually more than anybody. Extroverts I think are 
dying to go to you know fifty two weddings and four, four divorces in a funeral, <laughs> not a funeral, but a wedding. You know, the introverts, on the other hand, introverts often go to social occasions because they feel they have to. Mm-hmm. And there has been a liberation of introverts now who feel I don't have to. I like spending Saturday night alone on the couch with my cat, and I'm not going to go to a party because you invited me. Uh, they found out that you know that they are happiest in their own company, and it's amazing how many couples now. Where there's a, a one member of the couple who wants to go back to the party circuit, <laughs> and another one who says, "Please, can we just stay home tonight?" <laughs> so it, it's it's kind of been a revolution in some ways, and I think the waves of it will carry on for years and years and years. Uh, relationships, and a lot of people were stuck in this in a house for the first time in their life together, working and living together. Some of them were driving each other crazy. I think there will be a lot a lot of marriages after COVID. Marriage is convenience, and there'll be a lot of divorces. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a, it's it's. <laughs> I would say it's, it, it, you can either be in a relationship, which you were lucky, or you could be in an isolationship. And if you were in an isolationship, this was very lonely. Yes, coming out of it is, I think, for some of those people, is going to be. I, I have friends who were alone for two years, and they're coming up very tentatively. They've actually. They're honest. They've almost forgotten how to socialize. I mean, I was saying to people, it's difficult to, to remember how to talk to three people. The, the neck motion, you know, <laughs> going true. back and forth with your neck. Tennis, it's, it's true. How to talk to three people, you know, you're used to staring straight ahead and yelling at them across the street because you can't come six feet closer. <laughs> so that's right. It's a whole new construct. I also loved when you wrote about how Quebec has proven to be the model pandemic citizens, the truest, bluest Canadians of all, to quote you. And you really were in Montreal. I almost pictured you as perfect little students who adhere to all the rules, including the 8.30 p.m. curfew, which Toronto was not digging that at all. What was that like when you had that 8.30 p.m. curfew? Because you were all dutiful about it and you just adhered. (laughs) <laughs> it was it was eight o'clock. You could, for five months, we couldn't walk out of the house before eight o'clock at night, and it was quite sunny out for some of those months. You know, like you could see the sun out there. You wanted to get outside, and it was like I was in a cage. You know, I was clawing at the window like cat. If you want to know what it was like you know, for six or eight weeks, it was okay. But by the time, but most Quebecers were remarkably good about it. Quebecers are a very collective society, and they just sort of said, "Aye, aye, Mister Legault, if that's what you want, that's what we're going to do," and people stayed in. I stayed in because if you went out, you got a ticket. I did write in a book about the fact that if you had a dog, you were allowed to walk the dog after curfew. We didn't have a dog, but I had a cockatiel. Yes. I had this fantasy. I would put a leash and a Scottish blanket around my cockatiel and see if I could slip it. You know, if a cop stopped and said, sir, you know, what are you doing? I said, oh, it's a cockaterrier officer. <laughs> That's hilarious. What are the silver linings, Josh, that you personally are going to take forward with you that COVID brought out in you? You know, I mentioned the thing with my family. What are some, are there any sort of silver linings that you're just going to carry forth with you? Yeah, I think, I think I've learned to spend more time alone. I've certainly become a much better cook. Boy, did I do a lot of cooking. I've cooked <laughs> almost 365 days of the year. I've been the cook in this family and I'm, I've gotten a lot better. So I guess I'll cook at home more often than I did before. And, and you know, it's kind of strange way in which you, your, your close friends became very important. And sometimes you learn who your close friends are. You learn you can live without some things and some parties and some events. So I think I'll be, I'm, a, I'm an extrovert. I'm going to stay an extrovert, but I'm going to be, I might be a slightly more introverted extrovert after this. And I think, look, I think it's also really good for all of us. It was good for the planet, Judy. It was good mm-hmm. for the planet. It was like a pause. Everything stopped. Planes stopped. Cars stopped. The, the skies, you know, were clear. Pollution ended. People were saying things like, "Why are the birds so loud nowadays?" 
You know, there's that. And, and yeah. people in Venice, we're seeing, you know, you know, jellyfish instead of jelly donuts in their canals. Yes. They can actually see them. So I think we've all learned a bit that we can live with less and we can probably do better on climate change than we thought. We can all sacrifice a bit more than we probably did. Uh, I think it's I think it's a reflective period for a lot of people to look back and say, you know, what did I what did I do differently and what am I prepared to continue to do differently? We all have to ask that question differently, you know, but it's uh, you have to think during this period because you had nothing else to do. Okay? It's so true. It's so true. And there was nothing else to do. So, you know, we've all become meditative. Do you think life is ever going to really go back to normal or to the way it was before ever? Do you see that or is it going to be an altered reality? I think for some people, I think some people will plunge right back into the pool and make it all disappear. And other people will change their lives quite profoundly. I think some people have found, you know, a, a quieter life that that appeals to them. I, I've, I've had five friends move to the country. Five wow. close friends have wow. moved to the countryside. And, you know, they, they stay, they went, they go for summers and they decided to stay longer. And they don't seem to be coming back. I'd like them to come <laughs> back. I miss them. I, maybe I First winter, this next winter, last winter you had no choice, right? There was nothing, there was no reason to come to the city, so you might as well be in the country. So we'll see if they last this winter, but they're all determined to remake their lives. And they found they like something in the countryside that um, is a mystery to me. (laughs) (laughs) You're you're a city person. Since this is our first show back and Happy New Year, everyone, 2022, there's a wonderful section in the book about last year's New Year's resolutions in Josh Fried's book, uh, Postcards from Pandemica. Anything to say about what people are hoping for or wishing for or resolutions for this new year, 2022? I think last year everybody kept their resolutions because nobody could really go out drinking. Nobody could really go out smoking because you were stuck in your house where you're not allowed to smoke. Nobody, you know, everybody, everybody gained 19 pounds sitting at home. That was the average Canadian thing. So I think this year might be the resolution might be to bust out. I have a feeling it's going to be like a jailbreak this particular <laughs> New Year's. My resolution is to go to 15 parties, see 600 people, <laughs> drink 44 <laughs> bottles of liquor and make up for the last two years. I have a feeling it might be that kind of New Year. It just I mean, it depends on the virus, obviously. The virus dictates our resolutions. We must obey the virus. But if the virus lets people out, we'll break out. If the virus fails us, we'll just extend our prison prison sentence and, you know, (laughs) meditate. Meditate. That's good. I also just want to tell our listeners that you're very well known, Josh, for your over 25 documentary films that you created. And one of them, a wonderful documentary called In Search of Sleep, along with another extremely gifted author and documentary maker, Eric Sivlin. And it was all about the remedies, the science and the promises that insomniacs try in their ongoing attempts to get a good night's sleep. So I guess my question is, has the pandemic improved your sleep habits or your insomnia in any way? Is it better or worse? I spent more time in bed, but... Half, but half the night awake. Does that answer your question? <laughs> <laughs> I had more hours to sleep, but I didn't. I had more to think about in the middle of the night. You know, I think we all did. I think. I think in general, you know, Canadians lost. Canadians gained nineteen pounds, but they slept an hour on average more every day. That's true. So I think you know that's good. But they didn't necessarily. But they, they were in bed eight or nine hours a day. They weren't necessarily asleep because four o'clock in the morning during COVID was not the best moment for most of us, right? Yes, absolutely. Easy to get gloomy, you know? um, (laughs) Yes, yes. You got to try some meditation. You got to try the the, the Insight Timer app. I'm on it. And I have, uh, uh, people say it works. I I, I lie in bed (laughs) doing deep breathing at 
five o'clock while well, I go to sleep at three. So around six thirty, I'm doing deep breathing. All the time. <laughs> I'm a lifetime insomniac for since I was a little boy. I know but, that since you were two. I, 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 made, I made my peace with it. Oh, well, you're just so wonderful. And it's just been so blissful. We ask everyone on the show, Josh. So we're going to ask you, what is bliss for Josh Freed? Other than playing tennis? Yes. <laughs> playing tennis makes me feel really good. Okay. I got to be honest. But, you know, I think, honestly, for, for me, for bliss, I think it's to be surrounded by the people I care about most. Have my close friends around me, a glass of wine in one hand, a nice, <laughs> gentle meal in another, a convivial buzz, which I did not hear for two years. During COVID, the buzz of humanity around me and warmth and humanity, that to me makes me happy. And that's what I miss the most, Judy. I miss that terribly during COVID. I miss that sort of sense of, I don't want to say the clink of glasses, but, you know, I, I couldn't stand looking at my shopkeeper through plexiglass. I like to relate to them. I of like course. to have people around me I love. I can touch. I li- I'm a toucher. I like, I like to touch people's shoulders. <laughs> that makes me feel good. And I think... That's what I guess that's my bliss. I'm a I'm a human. I'm a kind of I'm a people loving person. I like to I like to see people I care about all around me. Thank God we can all see them again. Isn't that wonderful? I even love in the book when you talk about eavesdropping, just just uh, listening to a conversation at a cafe or a restaurant, just overhearing like just regular conversation from regular people. Well, it's just been so wonderful to have you on the program. I really hope that your show comes to Toronto. I encourage everybody really to get this book, Postcards from Pandemica by Josh Freed. Get two, one for you and one for a friend that you love or a family member that you love uh, and, and, and share it with them for this holiday season. What is the best way for people to contact with you, to get your book and to connect with you on social media? I think it just my website is just my name, joshfreed.ca. And that, that's a link to the book. It's a link to me. It's a link to the show in Montreal as well for people who would like to go to it. You can get the book on amazon.ca. You can get it at a few book, bookstores in Toronto. I think the one that is carrying the most of my books is Ben McNally, good guy. So I encourage you to encourage him to encourage me. And, uh, but, you know, Amazon, if you can't find it anywhere else. Here in Montreal, it's, it's pretty much sold out. I'd like the same thing to happen in Toronto. It's going to happen. We're going to make it happen. That's so fantastic. I want to thank you so much, Josh Freed, for being on the show today. It's really been delightful having you. I'm a former Montrealer, so it's just a good feeling. to. to uh, it, it was really nice talking to you. Thank you. You as well. Thank you. We're going to go on a short commercial break. More with Finding Your Bliss when we come back. Back in a moment. Finding Your Bliss is brought to you by CREATE, Canada's leading fertility centre for over 25 years. CREATE is here for anyone struggling with infertility or in need of assisted reproductive technology to have children. CREATE is about cutting-edge science from highly skilled doctors. In unprecedented times like these, CREATE is about ensuring the safety of all patients and staff. CREATE has made important changes to protect you by ensuring social distancing, wearing masks, as well as screening before entering. So what about the bundle of joy that you've been hoping would come into your family? CREATE Fertility Center is here for you. Visit createivf.com to keep up with the latest changes and learn about CREATE Fertility Center's comprehensive care for every fertility journey. Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together. 
We are back, and this is Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio, AM 740, FM 96.7. And we're here with intern-turned-associate producer. Her name is Shelly Koskinen. And I'm about to do a live coaching session on the air with Shelly. And this has not been rehearsed in any way. Uh, we can confirm that. But first, let me tell you a little bit more about Shelly Koskinen. Shelly is a writer, director, and producer in film and radio. She is a graduate from the Toronto Film School with a diploma in film production as well as being a 2019 graduate from Metalworks Institution for Audio Production and Engineering. I'm impressed with that. She has just finished her first short film entitled For Us. She started at Finding Your Bliss as a production assistant in November and is now one of our associate producers. Shelly, welcome to Finding Your Bliss and welcome to the other side of the mic. (laughs) Thank you, Judy. I'm so excited. It's so great to have you here. You know, Shelly, we've been talking with Montreal Gazette, um, acclaimed newspaper columnist and filmmaker Josh Freed, all about his amazing new book, Postcards from Pandemica. And you've also had a pretty up close and personal experience with COVID in the last month or so. Shelly, what happened to you? Can you tell us in mid-December when you came to one of our Zoom meetings and quite literally dropped a bomb? What happened that day? Uh, Yeah, it seems like yesterday and also so long ago, but (laughs) um, I came to work, I showed up for a Zoom meeting and um, uh, there's the team had known a few days that I was feeling a bit under the weather. And um, I came to work and I said, hey, guys, um, I got some news for you. Um, I tested positive for COVID on a rapid test and I tested positive on a PCR test. So, uh-huh. you know, I'm in isolation now. So working from my laptop. <laughs> and you said all of this sounding very congested at the time. And, oh, yeah. uh, and, and, and ju- just a major drag, but you always had just a great attitude about it. How are you feeling right now? I'm feeling great. I feel like it's like a thing of the past. Like my sickness only really lasted like four days. And then after that, I was good as new. So (laughs) thank goodness. Well, we're so happy that you're feeling well. And we want to wish you a very happy and healthy new year. And also welcome to the Finding Your Bliss team as more than just an intern. We, as you know, we love you. And I, I'd love to do with you, Shelly, because I think this might be the perfect time in your life to do um, just a mini bliss coaching session. And I should just tell everyone, uh, to tell our listeners that if this were in person, we'd be spending probably about an hour doing the coaching. And we only have um, maybe eight minutes to do this. But I, I think we can really show people how well it works, how much you can see where you need to do the work or where your life is perfect as is is I'm looking at the wheel of life. It's a very colorful wheel. We've actually designed it in very pretty finding your bliss colors, lots of pinks and purples and jewel tones. And each one of the wedges in the wheel represents another part of your life. And the wheel is basically like a pie. Think of an apple pie divided into nine wedges. And the wedges are health and wellness, personal growth and spirituality, romance, your career, fun and recreation, the environment, friends, 
and family. They share a blue wedge, but really we divide them in two because they're two separate issues. And finally, finances. And what I do typically when I start a coaching session with anyone is just to sort of get an idea of where you're at. I begin by finding out how deeply satisfied you are with each wedge in your wheel of life. So we're going to actually call this wheel now Shelly's Wheel of Life. And Shelly, if I were to ask you on a scale from zero to 10, how deeply satisfied you are with health and wellness, what number would you give it right now, knowing that it can change from minute to minute, hour to hour, day to day, week to week? Um, I would say a 10, just because I'm very surprised with what my body was able to overcome in the last month. So I'm, I'm very satisfied. So I love that answer. And that's also spoken like a true optimist. This poor girl had COVID. She survived it. And she's saying she feels like a 10. That's pretty awesome. Personal growth and spirituality is the pale pink wedge. And that just means where you're at with yourself right now in terms of your own spirituality and personal growth. What number would you give that on a scale from zero to 10? I think like a solid seven. I think I'm comfortable with who I am, but I always think that there's room for growth. Lovely. And romance, your significant other, that could be with your partner or if you don't have a partner, how you just feel about romance in general at this moment in time. So on a scale from zero to 10, what would you call romance in your life? A 10. I love my boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's so great. And the nice, bright tangerine orange wedge, of course, refers to your career. So on a scale from zero to 10, what number would you give that right now? I would give it a nine. I'm just starting out, so but I'm, I'm satisfied with the way it's going. So That's fantastic. That's a beautiful number. And fun and recreation is the nice hot pink wedge. What would you give that number, that wedge? Mm, I think a six, Judy. I think I could have more fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, and, and I think we're all feeling that way. I would say <laughs> yeah. if, I, if I pulled all of uh, Ontario right now and perhaps all of Canada, people would say their fun wedge is, is not where it, where it normally would be, but we can yeah. make we can make our own fun, right? Mm -hmm. So I think the same for all of us here. And the environment, just where you reside, where you live, where you work, where you, you know, your environment, what you see around you on a scale from zero to 10, your satisfaction. Um, an eight. An eight. Fantastic. And friends in your life right now, how would you feel about your friends on a scale from zero to 10 right now at this moment in time? I would actually say a four, Judy. Okay. A four. Perfect. And family. People you live with, your family, your family members. A 10. Ah, oh, that's lovely. And finally, your finances. Um, well, I just graduated, so I could use some more. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'll say a five. Five, great. Now, Shelly, if we were doing a proper coaching session right now, we would probably deal with every one of these wedges. We may not deal with the health and wellness, which is a 10, and we may not deal with the romance, which, which is a 10, which, by the way, that's so fabulous. But we would be dealing with... Um, or your family, which is a 10. But we would we would take all of the numbers that are not as high as the others, and we would just go one by one. But in the interest of time, we only can focus on one of these wedges right now. Which one would you like to focus on 
in the wheel that is pressing you. I always say, choose the one that burns, choose the one that, you know, sort of is the one that's really calling out to you that you would like to look at. Um, I think personal growth. So the personal growth, which you said was a seven, they all sort of relate to one another, but let's look at the personal growth. Love that. And you've given it a seven, which is not, which is not a bad number. It's, it's for some people, that's a pretty great number, but what do you think you could personally do to turn that seven into a 10? Um, I think um, personally, I think what I could do is I could listen to my body more. I'm very caught up in other things. And if I just kind of relaxed and listened to what I need, either emotionally or physically, I think that could boost my seven up. Can you paint us a picture so we can understand what you're saying? Like, I mean, relaxing is something that affects me. That sounds weird, but when I'm relaxing, I actually feel guilty. I'm like, well, I should be doing something. I should be reading a book or I should be writing or I should be right. I don't actually like take the time to relax. And then that relaxing period is not relaxing at all. I'm sitting there worrying the entire time. So I think if I actually listened to my body saying, please let me rest. (laughs) What are some of the things that you could do to relax? Like what would relaxation, if there was no guilt and there was nothing standing in your way, what would relaxation look like for you? Um, I think it would just be doing something that I enjoy. And so maybe playing a video game would relax me or watching a movie would relax me. Even reading a book that I've been dying to read and just feeling not guilty about reading it for like two hours. What's the book? Oh, um, I'm currently rereading the Twilight books right now. (laughs) (laughs) They're great. Um, (laughs) That's so fun. So you would like to find a way to play video games, watch a movie, reread the Twilight books with no guilt and no and, and, and what? And I think that's so normal. Like you work at so many jobs. I know you have another job. You have this job. You're always working. I know you were a star student at the Toronto Film School. So you totally deserve to carve out that time for yourself. Is this something that you'd like to do every day? Or is this something you'd like to do five days a week? Like I want you to design your own relaxation time right now so that it's something you can build in. And the, and the only rule is no guilt allowed. Just pure enjoyment and sheer bliss time. So we see doing this every day or five days a week, you custom design it the way you see it. I think as I would like every day at least to like take a moment to center myself and just relax just a little bit because you're right, Judy, I never stop and I never never have stopped. That's just part of my personality. Um, So every day, maybe even, even 15 minutes a day. I love that. I love that. Now, for coaching to really be successful and to work, there's got to be an accountability factor. So today is Tuesday. Is there any way by next Tuesday, so that's one week of doing this, that you could text me or you could write to me at FYB at findingyourbliss.com and let me know what happened with this exercise? Were you able to take this seven and help turn it into a 10 by carving out that time to relax by doing anything from a video game to reading a book to watching a movie and maybe you can even add to the list as as the week goes on and will you let me know what happened 
in a week's time because I'm going to be waiting to hear how great this was for you and what happened to you. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll keep you informed. So by midnight on, or let's say 11 p.m., you get up too early. (laughs) By 11 p.m. on Tuesday night, let's let's make it definitive because it's better when you are specific than it happens. Are you going to text me or email me? I'll text you. Awesome. I look so forward to hearing it. And I want to, first of all, say I'm so glad and grateful that you're feeling better, most importantly, because health is everything. But also, I think you have a pretty healthy wheel of life. And I think that this this goal is very worthwhile. And I wish you the best of luck with it. And I'm very excited to see what you come up with in the next week. And I acknowledge you for doing the work. Awesome. Thank you, Judy. Thank you so much, Shelly. It's been so great to do this. And at our next session, we'll, we'll go and we'll tackle another one of the wedges. But uh, this was a great one to start with. And I'm going to ask you, because I ask all of our guests this, so I'm going to ask you this. And of course, that would be, what is bliss for Shelly Koskinen? Oh, bliss for Shelly is thrifting with my parents. I love that. That is like the that that's the best day for me. Is having breakfast with them and then going thrifting. I love that. So. That's and no wonder that's that they're a ten in your life as your boyfriend is as well. Because uh, what what a great answer and what a wonderful thing. And I also want to tell our listeners that Shelly has written an awesome article about her bliss, and it's coming up in the next week's issue. So look out for it next Monday. Day. That's in two days from now uh, in findingyourbliss.com slash posts. And Shelly's written such a cool article. And all I'm going to tell you, one little hint, one little spoiler, mini spoiler alert, is it has to do with teacups. And it's fascinating stuff. Thanks so much, Shelly, for being here today. What's the best way for people to contact you and connect with you on social media? Uh, Instagram is the best way at stirring angel. It's like stirring a pot, stirring angel on Instagram. I want to thank you, Shelly, so much for being on the show today. It's really been delightful having you on the program. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Judy. I love doing this. This is fun. <laughs> thank you. We're going to go on a short commercial break. More with Finding Your Bliss when we come back with the amazingly talented Jules Halpern. Back in a moment. Finding Your Bliss is brought to you by CREATE, Canada's leading fertility centre for over 25 years. CREATE is here for anyone struggling with infertility or in need of assisted reproductive technology to have children. CREATE is about cutting-edge science from highly skilled doctors. In unprecedented times like these, CREATE is about ensuring the safety of all patients and staff. CREATE has made important changes to protect you by ensuring social distancing, wearing masks, as well as screening before entering. So what about the bundle of joy that you've been hoping would come into your family? CREATE Fertility Center is here for you. Visit createivf.com to keep up with the latest changes and learn about CREATE Fertility Center's comprehensive care for every fertility journey. Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together. We are back, and this is Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio, AM 740, FM 96.7, and we are joined now by the very talented Jules. Back on again due to popular demand, we are delighted to welcome back singer-songwriter Jules Halper into the program. Jules has been singing since she could walk. She became known when she performed a cover of her favorite singer, 
Stevie Wonder's Ribbon in the Sky, which led to her being invited to sing at festivals and the Canadian and American national anthems at Madison Square Garden in New York City. In addition to singing, Jules loves to draw, cook, write, and of course, play the guitar. Jules has had many exciting experiences, one of which was to be invited to sing for Stronger Together to Ensemble on national television with a veritable who's who of well-known Canadian singers and celebrities, including Justin Bieber, Drake, Shania Twain, Michael Bublé, and the part that made me the most excited was some of the cast members of our favorite show, Shit's Creek. And that's, of course, Dan Levy, Eugene Levy, Noah Reed, Annie Murphy, and Catherine O'Hara, just to name a few. Jules, welcome back to Finding Your Bliss. Great to have you here. Thank you for having me. It's nice to be back. <laughs> so good to have you. Uh, I can't believe it. I, I think this is your, correct me if I'm wrong, fourth time on Finding Your Bliss. So. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm really excited that you're back on the show today and, and particularly excited because you're going to be singing an original for us on the program momentarily. But I have to ask you once again, and I know we've seen each other all throughout the pandemic on this show uh, wonderful books are being written about it, like Josh Reed, who was just on the show, uh, Postcards from Pandemica. You're being incredibly creative, as always, which I really have to, um, you know, salute you for. Um, and, and, and as I said, in spite of this, like Josh Reed, who spent all of this pandemic writing columns, he wrote a book and even a movie. I think your music has also gotten you through these crazy COVID times. In fact, you're writing lots of original music with a producer from L.A. Can you tell us more about that? I'd love to, yeah. Well, actually, recently, about two weeks ago, um, I went into the studio, and my producer and I, um, John Levine, we re-recorded a few songs that we've recorded before, a few original songs, I think, that we're going to be releasing them at one point. I'm just very excited. He has to produce them first, but I'm very, very excited about that. So I went into the studio, and I recorded, I re-recorded one of the songs that I'm going to sing, like the song that I'm going to sing today, It's which is called sing it was just really nice to be in the studio like once again we had to like do covid tests and everything when we were in there but it didn't feel much different which was good it was just very enjoyable well as you just mentioned you're going to be performing an original song called sing can you set it up for us absolutely so this song like you said it's called sing it was written by john um, a woman named Autumn Rowe and and me somewhat. I, when I say that, I mean I helped a small amount. They basically wrote the whole thing, but um, it's called Sing, and it's it's really just like a happy song. It's kind of just about how singing can get you through stuff, and like how music is just a good tool for when you're sad, and it's just a, a beautiful thing, I guess. Absolutely. And you make so many people happy with your insane voice. And so I'm so excited to share this with our listeners now. Here is Jules performing live on the air, guys. This isn't an MP3 track. <laughs> Woo! Accompanying herself on the guitar, singing an original song, as she mentioned, called Sing. Jules, take it away. Comes and levels my happy place, my happy place. I tell myself something special, close my eyes, learn to let go when I need space, when I need space. I know 
It's all gonna be okay. Cause I got something for you. I'm gonna say a thing. All I gotta do is say, Ooh. I'm gonna say a thing. All I gotta do is say, Shout from the top of my lungs. Let the way you go to lock on my tongue. I'm gonna say a thing. All I gotta do is say, Fill my heart with satisfaction. Don't need a thing. Thanks for asking. I'm so good. Yeah, I'm so good. I know it's all gonna be okay. Cause I Something for you. I'm gonna say a thing. All I gotta do is say, I'm gonna say a thing. All I gotta do is say, Shout from the top of my lungs. Let the feel go all out my tongue. I'm gonna say a thing. All I gotta do is say. Oh my God. Woo! I wish we had a whole audience here to give you the applause that you deserve. That was beautiful. And your voice is so good. Oh my God. That was fantastic. Wow. Thank you for sharing that with us live on Finding Your Bliss. Jules, I know I've asked you this before. You know what you know what's coming. I'm gonna ask you the question. What is bliss for Jules Halpern these days? Um, I would say uh, an obvious answer is definitely music. Um, it's I feel like music is just it's just very consistent. It's it always it's always there. You can't like take it away. It's just something that as I know like for a lot of people it just helps them out. I think that and I've also been really like liking drawing and I also really love cooking and baking like recently for New Year's. Um my brother and I, well, mostly me, but my brother and I were making an apple pie and uh, poached pears for nice. Wow. Lucky your family. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Jules, you're so fantastic. And, uh, and, and I love your Instagram. So what is the best way to connect with you on social media? Um, it would probably be um, my Instagram account, <laughs> which is... Um, Jules underscore music 27. So J-U-L-E-S underscore music 27. (laughs) Awesome. Guys, check it out because there's so many fantastic clips and videos of Jules singing. Each one is better than the next. Like I was actually (laughs) looking at them and what what can she sing on the show? And finally we said an original because everything is better than the next. And this... (laughs) is going to be, I predict, a hit. I can't wait till thank it's out you. there. <laughs> I want to thank you so much, Jules Halpern, for being on the show today. And happy, healthy New Year to you and your family. And happy New Year. Thanks, Jules. Thanks for having me. Each week we spotlight a singer, songwriter, or a musician on the show. If you're a singer, please write to us at music at findingyourbliss.com. And if you're an author, artist, yoga, meditation, or mindfulness expert, or anyone who is found and is following their bliss, We would love to hear from you. All you have to do is write to us at FYB 
at findingyourbliss.com. I'm also a life coach. If I can help you in any way, let me know. You can reach out and contact me at findingyourbliss.com slash coaching. And I'm also on Insight Timer, the number one free meditation app. All you have to do is search up Judy Liebrack. And of course, you can follow us at The Bliss Minute on Instagram and Facebook. I would like to thank all of our guests, Josh Freed, and make sure to check out his wonderful book, Postcards from Pandemica, Our Crazy COVID Years. It's so good. Also, Shelly Koskinen and singer Jules Halpern for being on the program today. And of course, thank you to Mag Ruffman, producer Siobhan Kylie, associate producer Shelly Koskinen, senior editor Haley Allegia, editorial assistant Lauren Kaminsky, and audio producer Faz Kazi, and everyone here at Zoomer. And of course, a big thank you to our sponsor, the Create Fertility Center. A final postscript. My interview with Josh Freed was recorded exactly a month ago, and it's amazing how the COVID story changes from day to day. I'd like to share with you what Josh Freed wrote in a recent Montreal Gazette column on December 31st, after we did our interview at the beginning of December. He said, and I quote, In many ways, 2022 looks more hopeful than 2021, but we feel worse because our patience is drained. They released us from solitary confinement during summer and we got used to gyms, movies, restaurants, bars, friends, and fun. We don't want to return to our pandemic cells again. With Omicron, COVID has become less scary, but we've become more wary. But as Josh and I talked about back in December, there are always silver linings. One final bit from Josh Freed's New Year's Eve article in the Montreal Gazette was this, quote, so don't be hard on yourself with New Year's resolutions. Just try this one. I resolve to stop obsessing about COVID when it stops messing with me. For everyone here at Finding Your Bliss, I'm Judy Liebrack, reminding you all to stay safe, healthy, and optimistic, and take one step closer to finding your bliss. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.